Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Good morning, welcome in to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, brought to you by Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. They've improved Frankie's life by giving her the day off and recruiting me to fill in on the Canterbury Sports Show. My name's Manoa, you may uh, be familiar with me from the Drive Show, the run home with Kirsten Beeb. I produce that from nine to five weekdays, and then on the weekends I'll fill in when anyone else can't make it. Um, proud South Cantabrian myself, so I've seen plenty of photos of the snow this week uh, from family members and friends down around South Canterbury. If you uh, have any snow or any great snow yarns from the week, uh, make sure that you give us a text, double eight double three. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Here's how the rest of this hour is going to go. Just in a moment's time, we're going to be talking to Mitchell Drummond out of the Canterbury camp ahead of the NPC quarterfinal that's going on just this afternoon. So if you're heading along to that and you want a little bit of insight into how you think this game's going and maybe just want to get to know uh, Mitch Drummond as well, make sure you stick around uh, for that in about 15 minutes time or so we're going to tell you what's going on in Canterbury one of my favourite times of the year uh, down in Canterbury it's going on this weekend I'll tell you what that is if you haven't figured it out already in just a moment's time Frankie usually goes through Frankie's fives Frankie's top five well this week Manai's filling in so it's going to be Frankie's fill in fives and fresh off the back of the NRL grand final I'm going to be going through my top five NRL grand finals of all time. Uh, straight after that, we're going to be crossing live and direct to Joe Orr from the Canterbury Red Devils. Their competition finished up uh, last week. They were third, I believe, in the competition. Um, a massive turnaround, I believe, four-time wooden spoon winners were the Canterbury Red Devils. So what's turned it around? What do they attribute their success to? And in particular, what does Joe attribute his success to as well? We're around the show out talking a bit of rugby league. Of course, the uh, Canterbury Bulls losing to Akarana Falcons four. 48-4 in the final of that competition. Great to have a full country competition uh, back up and running after the North and South Islands having been segregated for the last couple of years because of COVID and you know Auckland is being in that lockdown last year. So we're going to be catching up with Will Evans to talk all things Canterbury Rugby League. We're going to talk all things NRL Grand Final and we're going to talk all things uh, uh, Rugby World Cup as well, Rugby League World Cup. So that's all coming up very shortly. It's time now for the Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevin. Homes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby, and full disclosure, I actually was uh, lucky enough to catch up with Mitch Drummond earlier on this week. Uh, obviously, today being game day, so I wasn't able to talk to him this morning. Uh, but earlier on this week, I caught up to Mitch Drummond and I asked him if he had any snow around his place. Yeah, there was actually. Pulled back the curtains this morning to head to training, and a sleet of white snow out, out on outside. So sort of a bit odd for October, but yeah. How much? Yeah. How much are we talking? Are we talking um, snowman sort of areas, or not quite? Oh, I had a pinch, had a pinch, but it wasn't too bad. Training was sort of a bit chillier than usual, but um, got out of it what we needed to. And so nothing really settled on the ground. It didn't uh, didn't impact training, aside from the fact that uh, everyone was a little less keen to get into it. Yeah, no, there was a bit of an icy breeze out there, but um, yeah, it was sort of melted and cleared out by the time we were out there, which was um, quite lucky. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mate, a lot of people listening to the show, obviously this is a Saturday morning, um, so you know, there's a lot of casual footy players who play for their club, they don't do it for a job, but for someone like you who does do it for a job pretty much year round with the with the time uh, Super Rugby starts and then NPC finishes, what, what do you do away from the footy field to sort of wind down or relax or take your mind off the game? Um, I'm a pretty keen golfer, yeah. so um, there's, there's a good handful of us that enjoy getting out on the golf course, um, which is good fun. And in the last year or so, I've actually bought a business, so um, Bush and Tavern, 264 Rickerton Road, uh, just give that a nice little plug in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's been awesome for me, um, good little good little boozer on um, Rickerton Road, and I've actually really enjoyed being a part of something else other than rugby, which has been been great. Yeah, we'll get back to the golf in a minute, but yeah, you mentioned um, Bush Inn, was it? Sorry, give us give us the plug again. Yeah, yeah, Bush Inn Tavern, topping the Rickerton Road. Uh, it's been great, to be honest. It's um, as cool as it is, and having a business, um, we all love to have a beer with our mates, so to have uh, a place where I can take take the fellas and enjoy a, a quiet handle has been, been really cool, and the business side of it's been great as well. I've learnt a lot. Um, away from rugby, which has been been awesome for my rugby as well, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure it has. So obviously they'll be playing the game later on this afternoon if anyone's uh, keen to head along there and, and check it out. What what are you doing? Um, are you on the tools down there? Are you pouring pints very often? Is it the marketing aspect of it? What part of running a bar is it that you're, that you're enjoying sinking your teeth into? I haven't actually um, been on the tools as much as I'd like to be, um, but that's the plan moving forward is to get a bit more of experience behind the bar. But, um, yeah, just learning the day-to-day functioning of a business. And I've got a great business partner, Sean McNabb, who's in there full-time, and um, he's taught me a hell of a lot. And, um, yeah, I'm just more or less sort of down there mixing and mingling with the locals, and uh, most people in there uh, know that I'm involved. So it's quite cool to be able to go down and meet a different crop of people and, um yeah, like I said, it's been a been a pretty cool twelve months away from rugby. Yeah, and a good spot to go, I'd imagine, uh, to be able to invite your mates down to your own pub. Um, can't complain yeah, about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool when you can uh, say to someone, um, "Should we go have a beer?" and "Why don't we go have it at my place?" Yeah, hey, actually, funnily enough, I own a pub. Should we go and have a beer there? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a yeah. flex. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Got a nice wee ring to it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Um, just back on the golf thing, mate. Getting away from footy a little bit. You mentioned there's a good little crew of you Cantabs that head out there and play. Who who goes along with you? Uh, George Bridge, Fergus Burke, Dallas McLeod, Tom Christie, uh, Big Tomati Williams. He's just got a oh. new set of clubs. He hits a, hits a pretty big ball, as you can imagine. Oh, yep. Um, so, you know, we've got a got a pretty good crew. Willie Hines, yep. he's um, pretty competitive, as you can imagine. So, no, we've got a good crew. So, on our days off, it's, it's nice to get away from rugby and still have a competitive element to it but um yeah no, it's pretty awesome who uh who do you think has the uh the be- who's got the lowest handicap or who's the best player in the group which i guess is a roundabout way of asking who's on the course the most often um well, i'd say george bridge is on the course the most yeah um he's probably most improved by uh the amount of golf he's playing it's um yeah he, he's uh any chance he gets he's he's out there yeah, so Bobby Bridgie at the moment. Um, I was just talking about before. You know, obviously, there's a lot of people who listen to the show and they they play. Uh, you know, grassroots footy or they just play on the weekend trainings, Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, just to stay fit, just for the uh, 
you know, hanging out with the lads and that whole kind of part of it. Obviously, you've got another decade of uh, first-class footy ahead of you, if not more, Mitch. But do you think when this isn't a job for you anymore, do you think that you'll you'll stick around footy? Do you reckon you'll, you'll keep playing if it's no longer your job, or do you think you'd still be involved in a club somewhere? Yeah, I definitely think I'll still be involved um, in some in some way. I actually, earlier on the year, we had a little bit of a break, and I had the opportunity to go to um, my partners from Westport. So I had the opportunity to go down to, to Westport and I actually played a game of club footy down there. Yeah. And, um, mate, that was awesome. It was it was so cool to be able to go back to grassroots. And um, to be honest, it wasn't really about the rugby for me. It was more about just going into a club team and um, had a beer in the change rooms afterwards, into yeah. the club rooms. They gave me a dress shirt and um, it sort of reminded me why we all play the game. And um, that's something that, to be honest, moving forward, I'd love to do more often um, because, yeah, it just sort of reminded me why I do play and, um, yeah, it was so much fun getting back to Clubland. Yeah, I mean, you even think about the, the under-85s competition here in New Zealand seems to be going from strength to strength. I know Brad Weber said the other day that um, on social media he'd love to be part of that competition when you know when it's no longer his job. So Because um, it is a big part, isn't it? Like, obviously, it's your job, but it's not like a lot of people listening or even for me, you know, you go into your job as much as I love my job, shout out to it, love that pay rise. Um, but... You know, then you go home, you clock off, you do something else. When your job is is your passion, I presume this is something that you've wanted to do your whole life and can become a little bit all encompassing. But it still is your passion at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and like you said, when I was a young fellow, I'm sure it's the same for most of the boys in the country. Um, I, we all wanted to to play footy for a living, mm. um, and getting the opportunity to do that is a dream come true. But you're right. Um, doing it for a living and, and all the things that encompass it is sometimes it does get get a lot and like you said you sort of go home and, and you try and clock off but there's always things to do and mm. you got to look after your body and and things that probably don't come with um, your sort of normal nine to five but in the same conversation it's uh, I'm very grateful and very fortunate to be to be doing what I love for a living. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, listen, we were talking to Tom Robinson, uh, obviously injured at the moment, but he feels out in the communica- uh, out in the community in Northland, he can feel a bit of a swell around them. I think a lot of people have, have been surprised by how well they've done um, in the competition thus far this year. Do you feel the same sort of thing down in Canterbury when you're out and about around the traps, around the golf courses? Do you feel uh, the Cantabs getting in behind you? Or is it kind of, this is just what Canterbury NPC teams do? They win competitions they win games so I think um, Tom Robinson's put the nail on the head I think the whole country's seen how good they've been mm. um, they've knocked off some some pretty good teams but um, I think the reality of us Canterbury is we've the last couple of years we've actually struggled a little bit at um, in this this time of the year so it's been awesome the last 10 weeks to, to play some good footy and and nice to you know be scoring some good tries and we won some close games, but the reality is that all that counts for nothing now. It's um, it's all well and good to have a good regular season, but uh, she all starts again Saturday, and what's happened in the last 10 weeks doesn't really mean bugger all now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just on that, mate, finally, before we let you go, is there anything different in this week leading up to this afternoon's game, or is it just business as usual? No, I think you've got to acknowledge that it is, it's different. It's um, You don't get the job done. This afternoon, and um, and you're going home. So, acknowledging that it's a different week, but also just 
we're only guaranteed the week to get it. So just loving every day, enjoying every day. And um, if we get our stuff right and get our game right, then um, fingers crossed we we earn the right to come back next week and do it all again. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Hey, best of luck uh, with the game this afternoon and uh, go well, mate. We'll be talking to you next week, I'm sure. Fingers crossed, mate. Look forward to it. Mitch Drummond there from earlier on in the week. Best of luck to Mitch and the Canterbury NPC team in the quarterfinals of the NPC later on this afternoon. This Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, helping build the future of Canterbury Rugby. Kevlar Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Stick with us on the other side of this ad break. We're going to let you know what's going on in Canterbury. Yeah, if you're just joining us, you are on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, brought to you by Enterprise, the recruitment company uh, improving people's lives for over 50 years. We've just had a chat to Mitch Drummond. If you want to catch that, that'll be wherever you get your podcasts or on the SENZ app. Here's how the rest of the hour is going to go. In just a few moments' time, I'm going to take you through Frankie's fill-in fives. Obviously, no Frankie here today, so it's going to be Manaya's favourite five NRL premierships of all time. After that, the Canterbury Red Devils have recently wrapped up uh, their season in the National Hockey League here in New Zealand. Uh, And Joe Orr, the Red Devils forward, is going to join the show to discuss the turnaround. Four wooden spoons in their cupboard. They've come third now, so uh, we'll have a chat to him about what's turned their fortunes around, uh, where he sees this team going forward, and a little bit about the Ice Blacks as well, um, because they are heading over to take on Australia later on in the year. The panel... Brought to you by Malray Electric will be Will Evans. Uh, unfortunately, Snow's knocked out one of the lines, so we can only fit one person on the line today. So we're going to talk a bit of rugby league uh, with Will Evans. Of course, the Bulls losing in that final uh, to the uh, Akarana Falcons. Uh, What's going on in Canterbury? It's time to let you know what's happening out and about. It's Methvin Cup Day tomorrow, Sunday. So make sure you tune in to Trot's Talk with Michael Guerin and Greg O'Connor from 11am to hear the best, uh, sorry, their best of the day and the latest from the track. Uh, New Zealand's favourite race week, Addington Cup Week, November 8th and 11th. It is just around the corner. Uh, it's all on sale right now at addington.co.nz. Uh, working on bringing a few people down from SENZ for the week as well. Right now, though... It's time for Frankie's Fill-In Fives, brought to you by South Island Forklifts. For all your forklift needs over the weekend, obviously, oh my God, it feels like a month ago now with all the carry-on that's happened since, Um, but the Penrith Panthers defeated the Parramatta Eels uh, to take out the NRL Championship, and so I thought it would be a great opportunity to look back in time and run you through my top five NRL Grand Finals of all time. In at number five, 2011, Warriors vs Manly. A lot of people forget this was Sean Johnson's debut season. He was partnered in the halves by James Maloney, Manu Vatuvai and Bill Tupo were on the wings. Kevin Locke at fullback jumping out of dummy half and darting away. Chris Ninu off the bench, Filetti Mateo, Aaron Hedemeyer, Ben Matalino, all coached by Ivan Cleary. The one that got away, and on the other side, the team that took them down, the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, Brett Stewart, Michael Robertson, Jamie Lyon, the captain at centre, Steve Matai playing out in the centres as well, Will Hopoati, the try scorer, Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans over a decade ago, um, and a story, a long story, at least for Kieran Foran, who ended up at the Warriors uh, between then and now. Des Hasler was the coach as well, unfortunately because we lost that one. That's only sitting in at number five. And at number four in Frankie's fill-in top fives of the all-time NRL Grand Finals 2002, the Warriors 
versus the Roosters. Ivan Cleary showing up again, this time not in the coach's box, but out the back at fullback. Ivan Cleary, he's marking up against Luke Phillips, uh, John Carlaw, Clinton, Torby, Francis, Melly, Mortu, Tony, Stacey Jones. The names keep coming. Jerry Siusu, PJ Marsh. Big Mark Tukey, the Michael Jordan of uh, Rugby League. Ali Lawatiti was in there as well. Owen Gutenbill, Kevin Campion. It's one of the most uh, incredible, incredible lineups and one of the most famous uh, NRL Grand Finals, particularly on this side of the ditch. All going well for the Warriors. Uh, Stacey Jones scoring a try in that game. But I believe the turning point was when big Richard Villasanti put a massive hit on Brad Fittler. And as soon as Freddie saw a bit of his own uh, claret leaking out of his forehead there, she was all over. Uh, he turned into a man possessed and rob New Zealand of what could quite possibly have been our closest chance uh, to win the NRL. Coming in at number three, this one was a big game and, and more for just how good the game was. 2004 Bulldogs, 16, defeat the Roosters, 13. By the stage of the decade, there were plenty of fans that were sick of seeing the Roosters make the grand final and they would get even sicker of that uh, exact thing happening in the second half of the next decade. Uh, but plenty that also enjoyed seeing one of the more talented teams of the era make the biggest game of the year. It's also known as the game where Steve Price missed out due to a badly timed injury, but the Bulldogs still overcame the Roosters in a back-and-forth encounter. Uh, Luke Patton has emailed Masri suiting up for the Bulldogs, as well as Brayton Nasta, uh, Marco Mealy, big Willie Mason was in the uh, back row as well. And coming off the bench, have a go at this, uh, Roy Asotasi and Sonny Bill Williams. Unable to make the field in that game, Jonathan Thurston, if you can believe that, on the bench for the Bulldogs way back in 04, one of the all-time uh, great NRL Grand Finals and coming in at number three on my uh, top five, Frankie's fill-in fives, uh, or top five NRL Grand Finals of all time. Coming in at number two in Frankie's fill-in top fives, top five NRL Grand Finals of all time is the 2016 Sharks defeating the Storm. This one was only 14-12, to 12, but it finds its way into the top five as the Sharks broke their premiership drought over the Melbourne Storm. Melbourne took the lead in a tough physical game with about 15 minutes to go. As the minor premiers, they would have fancied their chances to go on with it, uh, probably only to have it taken off them for various uh, different salary cap infringements, one would assume. Uh, but Cronulla had other ideas, and it was the very divisive Andrew Fafita who scored what turned out to be the decisive try soon after as the Storm mounted more and more pressure. And the minutes ticked away. Will Chambers had a chance to offload to Cronk for the winner, but he hesitated and he was wrapped up. Cronulla had to repel one last raid from Melbourne and in the last second, Chaos found a way to find the ball carrier and bring him down to wrap it up. 16 to tw- sorry, 14 to 12 in 2016 doesn't quite do the game justice. And I think... The reason it's in at number two for me is the history of it, what it meant to Cronulla. Uh, You know, when you see these teams like the Roosters, the Storm, uh, those kind of teams taking these competitions out week after year after year, even the Broncos um, back in their heyday, it doesn't mean as much as watching a team break a massive drought. Paul Gallen, their inspirational captain, and how much that meant to him. Andrew Fafita is probably the greatest thing that's happened in his career. Will he get another contract this year? Hard to tell. Um, I feel like he's kind of been riding off the back of this uh, grand final ever since. Those are your top four, and now it's time for the number one, Frankie's Fillins, top five NRL grand finals of all time, and it couldn't be anything other than 2015. Cowboys beat the Broncos in overtime 17-16. to 16. There was never going to be another option as the best grand final 
uh, of all time. The Cowboys and the Broncos put on a showcase that will take a lot to top. I don't think in my lifetime, unless, or until rather, the Warriors uh, win the NRL Grand Final, I don't think this one's going to be topped. A strip of Ben Hunt by Kyle Felt when the Broncos looked like they would have had it in the bag sparked a frantic final 60 seconds of the half. If you've got the time, go onto YouTube and re-watch the end of this game. Uh, it was literally last chance saloon for the Cowboys on their final tackle of the clock, about to hit 80 minutes. Thurston bounced off a couple of tackles after a loose pass to get things started. His shoulders held together by tape. Uh, with the ball spread to the right, a freakish pass was collected by Kyle Felt, still plying his trade up there in the far north, who finished Finished off the move with an excellent finish to tie things up right on the hooter. Somewhat a little deflating, I think, the uh, the buzzer beater just to tie the game. But however, that sends us uh, to overtime. It would have been fitting for Thurston's conversion to end the game there. But as we know, it was a contest that deserved extra time. For those keen lip readers among you, if you go and watch this video on YouTube, you'll be able to see Jonathan Thurston expressing uh, his, his displeasure with the kick that he made that just drifted out to the right. That's from the left-hand side uh, sideline. But in a cruel twist of fate, it would be decided by an error by Ben Hunt that has haunted him ever since, uh, who dropped the opening kickoff. And a few tackles later, Thurston lined up the kick, won the Cowboys their first title, and earned them a massive, massive new stadium. So there it is, Frankie's top fives, the top five NRL Grand Finals of all time, and at number five, Warriors vs Manly, 2011, and at number four, 2002, Warriors v Roosters. Had we won either of them, that would have been number one, yeah. Uh, coming in at number three, 2004, Bulldogs, a young Sonny Bill defeats the Roosters, 16-13. to 13. Coming in at number two, 2016, Sharks, Paul Gallen leads them over the storm, 14-12, to 12, and the number one grand final uh, of all time, according to me is the 2015 Cowboys defeating the Broncos in overtime back in 2015. That is Frankie's Top 5s, or Frankie's Fill-In 5s, brought to you by South Island Forklifts. For all your forklift needs, don't go anywhere. Coming up right after this, we're going to cross live and direct to Joe Orr out of the Canterbury Red Devils, who had a stellar turnaround season this year. We're going to go inside the camp to find out exactly what triggered all of that. Stick around on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Welcome back into the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Manaya filling in for Frankie this Saturday morning and we are crossing live and direct to Christchurch uh, out of the Canterbury Red Devils camp. Joe Orr joins the show. G'day, Joe. Any snow down your end, mate? Um, not right now, no. I'm out in sunny summer. It's been a bit moody this morning, but we, we're good now. We're good. I think I, did I see photos of a little bit of a, a, a light coating on Sumner Beach? Um, potentially. I don't know. You might not have been out of bed by that stage, mate. Um, no. uh, first year with the Red Devils this year, mate. Is there any coincidence that they've managed to turn their uh, their fortunes around this year with you joining the team? <laughs> um, I, no, I don't think so. It's very good effort. I, 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 I kind of came in a bit timid and just wanting to, to see how it goes um, and just kind of I don't know kind of earn my way into the mm. team as opposed to just coming in big and loud but uh, yeah no I'm just really really happy in how, how seamless that kind of all went along and the success followed yeah. Um, so yeah it was good 
Because a, a little bit of a, a, a few lean years, I guess you'd say. I, I believe Logan was telling me uh, before four wooden spoons in the in the uh, in the history or in the cupboard. I guess you would say. What, what do you reckon sort of caused the turnaround? Obviously, there's um, you know you've got a great coach. I believe your coach is the Ice Blacks coach. Is that part of it? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like for sure. Com- coming in, um, you know, I, I knew I was getting a proper full-time coach um, mm. in Atoli, um, and that, that was that was a huge change for me, having played for Dunedin for over 10 years, and then coming to Canterbury, um, big change was the coaching, and he, you know, it, it's huge, we, we started training early, uh, we take things very seriously, um, plenty of off-ice meetings, warm-ups before every practice, just the usual, but actually, you know, drilled into us, and we we really um, kind of come together around that and yeah. it kind of adds an element of just, I don't know, take, taking things seriously despite being an amateur team. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it was a good way to kind of get the boys on on uh, all on one page, I suppose, Yeah, and to just go from there. So I definitely put a lot down to Anatoly. Um, you know, he has to make decisions in the game as part of the team. Um, that that ultimately affects the outcome, and you know, he makes those decisions well. And um, oh yeah, like definitely reckon that was a big part of it. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah, so you mentioned you'd, oh, you'd been playing for uh, the Thunder for about ten years down in Dunedin. Um, what got you into ice hockey in the first place? Um, <laughs> good question. Uh, it must have been year year four or five. In primary school, and someone from my classes just told me they were going to uh, go try hockey out. And I um, and he asked if I should come watch something. Went down to the rink, and um, mum just signed me up, and then um, just fell in love instantly. Eh? Yeah, it was yeah, it's just so much fun. Um, I'm local to the area of that rink as well um, in St Kilda there. So it was just quite quite easy to just um, keep going with it and just fell in love with the sport more and more. On paper, when you look um, at um, when you look at ice hockey, it's got all of the things that us Kiwis love about rugby. You know, the the massive hits, the skill, the constant action from you know from start to finish, it never stops. Yeah, right. And yeah. uh, but for whatever reason, I don't think it's uh, as popular as it should be on paper. Do you feel like the sport's growing in New Zealand since you started? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about, I was talking to someone about this recently, um, like, I think internationally, or internationally, I don't know, professional hockey is growing, um, for example, NHL PlayStation games mm. being bigger, um, more people are seeing NHL games, um, as for the NHL, is with the marketing these days, I think the word is getting out there a bit more, yeah. um, and... I know it's it's one of those sports where, like, we've got what five, six indoor ice rinks in the whole country. Um, you know, cities like Hamilton, Tauranga, um plus an outdoor one in Tiki. Well, yeah, yeah. There's like it just needs you know. There's massive cities where sport could grow, and no one's even heard of it up there. So, like, I think that. In, in the big cities like Auckland, 
here in Dunedin, it's grown a bit. Um, those small communities, um, like the Central Otago, Alex and Jacopo and Naisley, like as mentioned, the outdoor rinks, they're seeing less and less ice mm. um, nowadays with the, with the outdoor rinks. So uh, it, it's hard to say because it was, for me, growing up in Otago and having that, that southern um, and the hockey association with, with all the smaller clubs, it was pretty cool, but I'm, I think you're kind of seeing less of it these days. Mm. Um, so I think it's, the sport is is growing as a whole, but um, I, I just don't know in what direction. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point you make about the – because I grew up in South Canary and I um, – I remember as a kid that Tekapo uh, ice skating rink, that was just an inlet of the lake. And if it froze over in winter, then you had ice skating. And if it didn't, then you wouldn't. Now they've got a bit more of a permanent yeah. permanent solution in there. But that's really interesting. Like, obviously, it's gone from being, you know, where the ice actually is to being more of a, a city-based game where you can get the rink time. Because, obviously, that's the biggest that's the biggest hurdle to, to joining the sport, isn't it? Getting, yeah. getting on the ice. Yeah. No, for sure, yeah. Um and yeah, that's like, it's cool that they've Tikapo and stuff have that now, but um, yeah, just the, the ice doesn't ever even really last as long these days. No, no, yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned the NHL before, and and as you said, obviously it's easier to watch NHL games now. I feel like they're always on ESPN, and you can get them if you're on Sky. Um, and mm. you know, and there's also like league pass options, YouTube. Everybody's watching clips. You mentioned the PlayStation yep. games. Everybody's jumping on board there. Who's your team in the NHL? Um, my my team's Tampa. Uh, it has been for a long time. I'm a huge Stephen Sampras fan. Um, so I've had a, I've had a few good years. Uh, last year wasn't the best, but um, still still pretty proud of them. But yeah, I'm a, if you know me personally, I'm a you know I'm a big Tampa fan and a big Stammer guy. Yeah, uh, one thing I've noticed about um, people that are fans of uh, an NHL team is they're rabid fans. There's, I don't I haven't met anyone who's just like a casual fan of ice hockey. But people are just all in on them. So um, sounds like you're yeah. one, of, one of them as well. No exception to the rule. Yeah. Oh, of course, you know, it's a, I guess you could call it typical North American <laughs> sports, sports yeah. fans, but I mean, like, yeah, if, if you follow closely enough and care enough, like, playoff hockey is, um, is something else, and, you know, you really you know, live and breathe it. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty big. Pretty big deal. Just before we let you go, mate, um, the Ice Blacks team's taking part in the Trans-Tasman Challenge coming up. Uh, you're in the team. Are you yeah. looking forward to that one? I sure am. Um, yeah, it'd be awesome. I mean, the only time I've been to Aussie was under 16s New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Um, where we won. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I played in 2018 in Queenstown and it hasn't, hasn't happened for a couple of years. So, I think we're just really excited. Um, it'll be cool to you know, get over there as opposed to then coming, uh, coming here. Just a wee roadie with the boys and. Oh. to see what we can do. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Absol- very exciting. Absolutely, mate. Well, great work uh, on the yeah. local season here and best of luck in the Trans-Tasman series as well. And thanks very much for your time. Joe Orr from the Canterbury Red Devils. Hey, thanks very much for having me, bro. Appreciate it. Welcome back into the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. The panel, proudly sponsored by Melray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby, or rather this week, uh, Canterbury Rugby League. Joining us, uh, NZRL historian, um, proud Cantabrian as well, Will Evans joins the show. G'day Will, how you getting on mate? Any snow down your way mate? 
Uh, not quite, mate. There was a few flurries around the region, but uh, yeah, missed out unfortunately. It's a bit further south, so uh, got a, a fair dump. Nah, no good. Um, it's probably not the kind of thing you want to see in your backyard in October, to be fair. Um, we'll get on to yeah. the Rugby League World Cup in a minute's time, but uh, just quickly, the Bulls lost the grand final um, against Akarana. I still haven't quite wrapped my head around what actual region that encompasses, um, but a gutsy a gutsy season and a gutsy final for the Bulls, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I think. You know, have, not having played the Auckland uh, opposition for a few years, we were a little bit unsure about how the Bulls would go, and, and obviously mm. a couple of upset losses for the Bulls against teams who are expected to be last year. Um, so it was a great bounce back under the, in their first campaign under Jed Laurie. Uh, beat Counties, that was obviously the, the big result for them, got them through to the final. Um, unfortunately outclassed by the Falcons, a very strong, experienced lineup. Um, terrible conditions up there in North Harbour for the mm. final as well and, and the Falcons handled them brilliantly. It has to be said, um, yeah, I think I'll take a lot out of it, the Bulls and, and a lot to build on. Plenty of young guys that are, haven't played a lot at this sort of level and, and obviously some of our more experienced players, Daniel Hartley, uh, co-captain Daniel, uh, Danny um, Samueli uh, Latu was absolutely fantastic as mm. well throughout the campaign, so heaps to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Just just sticking with the Bulls for a minute, the travel, as you mentioned, a couple of years they haven't really done it. They've sort of played uh, the local... or. I don't know if you could call them local, but the other South Island teams, the same thing's sort of been happening up here in the North Island, but a little easier for the Auckland comp with so many teams. How hard is the travel for, for a team like the Bulls? Because these guys have also got jobs to contend with, don't they? Yeah, so uh, I guess it's fairly challenging. And also, um, you know, obviously with uh, the Bulls last year, all of their games were in Christchurch. Same with the Round Robin. They, they actually didn't have any away games um, during the Round Robin. Had right. the luxury of playing all games in at Napunawai down here. Um, so probably a bit unfamiliar for a lot of the guys getting up to, to Auckland and playing away. Um, and yeah, as, as I said, the conditions up there um, certainly a bit unfamiliar, I would have thought. Um, so, so certainly playing to their hands. No question that the Falcons are stronger on paper and stronger on the field last weekend, though. It does um, sort of illustrate maybe the, the gap between the two teams. But yeah, again, I think the Bulls be proud of the way they went. We'll move on to the uh, Rugby League World Cup in just a minute. We're talking here with Will Evans. Um, but quickly, mate, obviously we're less than a week out from the NRL Grand Final. What did you make of that one? Was that a bit of a was it a bit of an anticlimax uh, for you, the, the Panthers versus the Eels, or do you do you quite like the, the sort of dynasty taking shape there in Penrith? Oh, look, I I was a bit disappointed with uh, with how lopsided the game was. Uh, I really did give Parramatta a chance pre game. Um yeah, that was the first 10 minutes. It really shaped as an absorbent yeah. contest and that are turned up uh, physical and ready to play. Um, but then as soon as uh, the Panthers sort of posted that first try, uh, the game changed and it really, you know, it was all one-way traffic. Um, absolutely brilliant performance from the Panthers. Um, I don't think any other opposition would have would have had a chance the way they were playing. No. Um, a, a little bit disappointed for that sort of showcase event. You really want to a classic grand final like we did see last year with Penrith and South Sydney went down to the wire, unfortunately, uh, not to be this time. No, I mean, it was nothing like what happened in the uh, the AFL. I don't know if you saw that, but that was an absolute drubbing. Um, think about yeah. 60 points, yeah. the difference there. So, yeah, I mean, um, it was still, that first half was definitely, you talk about like a showpiece of the game. If, if you're a casual fan or, or not even a fan that just watches one game at NRL or Rugby League a year, I thought that first half was about as good as we could have shown, you know, as a game. 
uh, to to the casual fan. But yeah, as you say, oh, okay. you'd like a bit more drama, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. You want it to be a bit closer, ideally, but the intensity was certainly up there and, and Penrith's performance was just magnificent. I actually don't think the Eels played all that badly. They just weren't allowed uh, weren't allowed the opportunity to get into the game. No, no, absolutely. All right, moving on to the World Cup, which kicks off uh, not too far down the track. Uh, the Kiwis have named what a lot of people, I even saw Joey Johns the other day saying could quite possibly be the front runner for this Rugby League World Cup. We'll get to that team in a second. Just one thing I wanted to ask you about, the numbers situation that the Australians have got going on. So they're, they're ranking their players in terms of how many games they've played or where they were named in the squad, and those players will wear that number throughout the competition. Do you think that the um, Kiwis or Rugby Union or anyone else would ever adopt that kind of thing? Yeah, well, I'm still trying to get my head around whether it's a sort of World Cup um, decision that's come down. All, all teams will have to uh, run with you know the same jerseys. Yeah. Um, I can kind of understand where Australia's coming from, sort of rewarding experience and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, for me, I'd probably prefer seeing the guys run out in the jersey that corresponds with their position. But mm. yeah, an interesting, uh, interesting little um, you know, new thing, I guess, for yeah. international rugby. I don't quite understand it. No, I don't know that it's going to make the game easier to follow because obviously, you know, we want to grow the game and that's our showpiece, the World Cup. So I don't know that that's necessarily how you grow it by having these players wear names that don't seem on the surface of it to correspond to anything. But however. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Griffin named Jordan Ricky. I understand they both came through the Canterbury Rugby League system. They were named in the wider squad for the uh, for the Kiwis for this Rugby League World Cup, but unfortunately, alongside Sean Johnson, I believe, uh, were last-minute omissions. A little bit disappointing from them, but I suppose it does show the sort of strength of uh, South Island Rugby League, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that the depth is outstanding, particularly in the forwards. Um, it's just unfortunate for, for Griffin, in particular, had an outstanding season for the Cowboys, finished in the top four. Jordan Ricky again, really good for the Broncos, uh, but just so, so much back row competition. I think Scott Sorensen, another mm-hmm. Kiwi rookie at Penrith, winning a grand final, being on that stage um, and scoring a try probably helped him get a spot ahead of those guys, but the, the four jets in the Kiwi squad is absolutely outstanding. I'm sure Griffin and uh, Jordan will get their opportunities in the future. Yeah, absolutely. As I said before, quite a strong uh, squad named for the World Cup, but quite strong squads across the board. Uh, a lot of players, we're talking about our origin time, there's a lot of players who are you know, declaring for Tonga, Samoa to represent their heritage. Uh, I believe Luke Kerry's playing for Ireland, Scotland. Um, yeah, Ireland, yeah. Ireland, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like this is as even a field as we've seen in a, a Rugby League World Cup. But you've obviously still got your Jamaicas, um, your Lebanons, etc., uh, who you know probably won't be as strong as the rest of those squads. But who do you think is the uh, the front runner at the moment for this World Cup? Oh, look, I think that. New Zealand and Australia are the two heavyweights, obviously, but mm. just the way the rankings have worked out, they're going to clash in, uh, in one semi-final, almost certainly, um, unless the Kiwis trip up against CG in a quarter-final again, like they did in, in 2017, but I don't see it happening this time. But on the other side of the draw, uh, Samoa is uh, in England's pool. That's a huge opener. Um, whoever wins that game likely to finish top of the group. Um, and, and they're on a 
semi-final collision course with uh, with Tonga. All, po- all potentially Papua New Guinea can't be counted out. They're a yeah. bunch um, above their weight at, at international level, but yeah, a lot of a lot of um, even Origin talent and uh, ex New Zealand talent in the Samoa and Tongan teams. Very real possibility we could see them um, clash in a semi final and and for a spot in the final if um, particularly Samoa can upset England in the opener. And yeah, an England Tonga quarter final is very real possibility. So really fascinating on that side of the draw. Probably not too many exciting games on the New Zealand Australia uh, side of the fence until you get to that semi, but uh, it's going to be a great tournament for sure. So you're telling me you're not setting an alarm to get up to watch Ireland take on Jamaica at the uh, Rugby League World Cup? Oh, I'll certainly watch a replay, mate. I don't know if I'll pick up uh, early enough for every single game, but yeah, a lot of 7.30 kickoffs uh, New Zealand time, so I'll be watching as much of it live as I can for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks very much for your time, mate. Just before we let you go, what's your prediction? Are we, we going to take it out? Oh, look, I, I really think we are a big chance. and I mean, Australia are the team to beat, obviously, but there's a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of test football for Australia. I mean, Nathan Cleary still hasn't represented Australia yet. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand have, have had a, a lot more test footy. I know no one has in the last few years. We've got a lot of guys. Michael Maguire has been you know, building this little squad since 2018. I really think we have a huge chance to give it a great shake. Uh, best board pack for sure. Each of our spine positions, top five players in the NRL. I, I think we've, um, yeah, this is as, as good a side as any that we've seen to work up. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time. Uh, Will Evans, go well, mate, and enjoy the uh, the early mornings. Thanks very much, Manoia. Will Evans there with uh, Canterbury Rugby League and, of course, uh, a bit of a New Zealand Rugby League historian, uh, Rugby League buff. That's the panel proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby and, in this case, Canterbury Rugby League. Servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.